Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Today we're going to have just a menagerie kind of recap with the the summer vacations and John be out of town working here and there, you know. So uh, we got Frank and Ernie here to go over a little bit of our Total Archery Challenge. Um, it was a debacle for me. Um, a great, a great time, but uh, definitely regressed on my shooting the legend um (laughs) (laughs) but uh but we never had frank and ernie on here to talk about their uh turkey hunting experience and uh the filming aspect of it as we dove in you know john and i kind of talked about it we i don't think we really touched on ernie's first camera experience we, we might have a little we, bit we did and you have no films to prove it oh i've got <laughs> I, we haven't we haven't put it no, out I'm on serious on i got nothing in the frames oh there was a plenty of botany if you're a biologist you know you you'd love it yeah we talked to billy about it yeah, yeah. it was a flash of the turkey yeah we got lots of audio of the turkey goblin right. yeah. you could just imagine what was going on i seen everything fine probably because i was doing this <laughs> But yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys because um, this was the first year that we really kind of committed to to filming, and you guys being on the uh, further end of the spectrum as far as age and trying to senior end, well, yeah. Yeah, the expert level, I don't know, the master's division, um, <laughs> trying to do the filming, you know, you guys had your ups and downs i don't think frank ran too much of the camera um but one of the things that you came back after the the video that we have up on youtube that says uh i believe it's called very large turkey miss 
Um, <laughs> there's turkey miss videos all over our page, so <laughs> just don't get them mixed up. Um, but they just came back smiling and laughing and, you know, it was the most fun. Or I mean, kind of talk to us a little bit about that experience from, you know, all of the hunting that you guys have done together to to that hunt. You know, what made that one? Well, it's, it's like, you know, uh, everything boils down to, to getting it on camera now, you know. And it, he did a great job on this bird, you know. It was my screw up, you know. I mean, as far as who are you, you know, telling? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I completely understand. He says. <laughs> no, it was. It, uh, what really made it different is because, like I say, we've never never filmed any 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 hunts before, really, and uh, turned out good. You know, what I mean, it was exciting. Uh, we had uh, birds gobbling and and uh, birds on camera and. Missed them and and you know that was great, but just happened some, to be a state record bird. Yeah, I know. I think I enjoyed step over the hand, right? I think overall, you know, from our first seasons, you know, our first hunts, you know, when we started, uh, I think I enjoyed this season more than any any season that I've ever hunted before. You know, even even with all the kills we used to get, you know, uh, that wasn't. I don't think really the most important part, you know, seeing you miss was great. You know, I mean, I, a couple of times, you know, <laughs> you can't classify the second one as a miss. That was a hit. You missed, well, missed yeah. what you were at shooting for. Right. Obviously. Right. But I mean, it was for me though, like I say, it was, it was probably one of my most uh, enjoyable and memorable seasons that I've, I've had, you know, in, I mean, in my life. that says a lot coming from Frank, who is probably one of the, God, icons of turkey hunting in the state of Michigan. And he's called for literally hundreds of people, killed birds all over the place, called for me a lot. We started hunting a hell of a lot together, but I was sitting next to him during this episode, you know. <laughs> And when he looked at me and he he just flat out said, man, that was the most exciting turkey hunt of my life. <laughs> now, when he says something like that, and I know what his background is and stuff, this has got to be, it's not just us or him that this could happen to. I mean, if you want to make something exciting, you've never hunted turkeys with a bow and filmed it. By God, you better put your shotgun down and go try it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's frustrating and uh, oh, that's oh, all that part of the it. Same a lot time. of work. Well, you can't just, just run like, and gun. Like with you, John. I mean, here we had birds in, you know, and and uh, man, I thought it was going to happen that day. You know, they were yeah. just they were coming, you know, and then next thing you know, it's heartbreak. You know, yeah. The old hen, she uh, she <laughs> didn't want anything to do with it. She called those times right away from us. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, I. Like I said, I just wanted to talk to you guys about that because I think that that uh, I kind of almost speaks volumes to um, the whether it's camaraderie or what the, I don't know the you know the whole embracing the suck type deal um, with with filming because it is I mean had you not been filming that day you know or me you know, same thing. Maybe, maybe you don't 
maybe you shoot the bird because it's less, you know, things you're not worried about. Well, I mean, I had a lot of time to like, I knew the cam, the, the bird was on camera. <laughs> you didn't really worry. But the first time that I shot at a turkey, I didn't right. even think about the camera. Right. John, I mean, John's eyes are super big and it just, <laughs> what are you doing? I was um, on it. There wasn't like, checking. I was on it. Just wasn't ready for the shot. <laughs> there wasn't checking with the camera, man. And I think, you know, you had that same sort of oh, yeah. experience, but Absolutely. you know, so, so maybe you, maybe you shoot that bird or I shoot the birds or, or whatever. Um, and you got the bird to come by, but if you, if you miss, then you don't, you don't walk away with anything. And now at least uh, for this, you know, we, we've got that to share oh, yeah. with you guys and you well, know, with whoever thing, stumbles you know, <clears throat> across it. For the people, I mean, we could tell a story about your turkey, Adam, and, you know, it won't do it justice by the way we tell the story, no. you know, verbally. But when you watch the video of it, then they're like, holy shit, yeah, that bird came in on a string, he came right up and, you know, his chest bumping the decoy. I mean, and that, I mean, that was freaking awesome. But you, you, you can't but, but describe. But here's another part of it. Me and Ernie are back there. He's filming me calling behind the tent. We don't even have a clue that that bird's coming. Right? You know, we're well, we kept to saying, the... "Oh, two out there, yeah. one behind us." Yeah. All of a sudden, all oh, hell breaks no. loose in front of us. <laughs> and this yeah. bird flies over the flies top over of the, the top of the tent. tent. You know, we're going, "What the hell's going on?" You know? He goes, "What the hell?" He's jumping out. <laughs> oh yeah, that Adam goes across the field. <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway, yeah. So if you haven't seen the video, go to our website or <laughs> oh, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, and check it out. And but that was laugh, you know, like I say, that was it. once once you you know you, you you watch it, you know, you can tell, you know, I mean, what's going on and everything. But I mean, it was so weird, you know, that that bird never made a sound. You know, he just came across that field. Well, even like with your video, yeah. you know, when you missed and well, and you and Ernie went out together, and yeah. you guys just have, I mean, you guys been friends forever it's like grumpier old men kind of yeah but (laughs) but just your guys's interaction with each other it comes out naturally even on the film like when you're sitting by the tree and you're joking around i don't even know if that's on that clip or if it's oh i put it i know that i put the one on instagram with these two clowns making fun of me yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah and then you know the whole has idea (laughs) (laughs) and i liked it yeah yeah he he bought it i said i'm in (laughs) But so, you know, the filming part, once you get the first little, you know, jitters out, then it then it just kind of starts coming natural. I mean. Well, we're going to see this fall. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, turkey seed, this was a good learning experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, then, and I, I, I really think, you know, because, you know, the way we were hunting out of tents and stuff, you know, it was a, it was a little more, uh, I don't know. Relaxed? Well, it was relaxed, but. I think you know that different taunting for us. This is going to be like we're we're up in a tree this fall. We can see, you know what I mean. Everything basically that's going on around us. You know, yeah, I'm mean? blinded. Not all of a sudden you, you're going to see because I was I was kind of concerned about okay if we get a bird come in quiet. Well, am I going to be able to move the camera? I'm talking about all of a sudden come in. To, you know, boom, there he is. You know, right? How, am I going to be able to move the camera over here? Is he going to see me? You know, or whatever. Then he's going to have to draw, you know. Well, and and like to that point, I don't think we talked about your season at all because I think I don't think we had a podcast about turkey hunting going through that. But you know, so Frank, we we were set up exactly in the same spot where yeah, we I, I about shot my the decoy. 
We talked about it. But like when those birds come in quiet. Oh. And my brother was in the tent with a bow. John was in the tent. I have the guy. No, you, got guys, the were, you guys were doing some stuff. Oh, yeah. There, we were, they were farting and yeah, chuckling. We're drinking uh, coffee. Know, and, and I'm looking in. And here's these other these jakes come in. How many but, seven of them? But they come in quiet. They didn't. Well, yeah. They didn't. Never made a sound. Yeah. You know. And then all of a sudden, I look up and sixty yards away. <laughs> but where John was positioned in the tent, he never saw the birds at all. Right. And I'm going. There's there's turkeys out there. And then I zoom in on them. And there's you know. Oh yeah, they're all jakes. And they're just farting around out there. And then they buck up over the the berm. And they. Something wasn't right for them. I mean, you know, when they came out, they, they kind of turned on each other and started coming back. And then they all turned around and went back out there again and farted around on that edge. And then then they started, though, they kind of looked over toward the decoy or toward the tent that was making noise, you know, or whatever was going on in there. <laughs> and then uh, they started beelining across the field. Yeah, so. but I, th- I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, to your point. Right. Like, you, we never saw those birds until they were, you know, right out in front of us because they came well, from and, a direction. And, and, and you you had no tent. You were just sitting on the ground, right, and you right. you saw them and going, why aren't these guys? And I also think that uh, that new Primos blind, That's you it. know, being able to see out of it. All the way around. Yeah, and not see, you know, they can't see in. I really think that that might be a plus, too. So if there's yeah. anybody listening out there that's got a line on one of those Primos blinds. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Like a it. huge discount coupon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Code. Yeah. Hopefully they're easier to set up than that one that, uh, of your brother's. <laughs> what the broken hub. Oh, that, thing, that thing is bad. Well, if it if it's any consolation, he had to take it down. Yeah, it may <laughs> still be himself. up at his house. <laughs> yeah, where's mine at? That, My house. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, so... Like I said, I I just wanted to kind of talk talk through that with you guys being, like I said, in the in the masters division of your your life. So, well, asking <laughs> Aaron, then you know, well, what did you think of that? Of so far, of you know, the the filming aspect and the hunting aspect and everything else of the of the turkey this year, you know. Um, I really don't know how to put it. In- Sum it up in a few words. I mean, I was used to running and gunning with guns. Never used a tent. Now it's a lot different. I mean, you're packing a tent because obviously it's the best way to do it, apparently. Um, and you get used to hauling all that equipment. You set up. You can't run and gun. You go. You, this bird wants to walk away from you. You got to devise or try to figure out maybe where he's going and just go set up and hope. I mean, we'll get good at it. Um, and the filming, of course, I'm hoping will come. <laughs> um, I made leaps and bounds between one and two. Oh, yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> man, we were at the cinema on the second one, you know. <laughs> the first one, we were in the Twilight Zone. Heard <laughs> he says, I got it all. Got, got it all. Everything. He got 100%, he goes. Well, I had her zoomed in just a bit much. 100% park. <laughs> I was like, man, this is a good tree there. That was. It was some fine well, if bark. if that bird would have stayed out 75 yards or so, I'd have probably had him on it. <laughs> well, it's funny because those cameras have that little viewing window. You don't even have to you can look at that. Who the heck was just, watching that? <laughs> I was watching it in real life. But, 
yeah, so I just like I said, I just kind of wanted to get your guys's uh, you know take on that and kind of walk back through. Um, and then the next thing that we had was the the total archery challenge, and I feel like this year was was so totally different than than last year. Uh, last year, you know, John and I were going out west elk hunting, so there was like this focus on all of our gear, on all of our everything. We were shooting, you know, a million arrows and. You know, this year was like, John's like, well, I haven't even shot my bow, blah, 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 maybe two weeks before that, like out to those distances or whatever. Yeah, I hadn't been really putting time in like we did last year. Yeah, and Frank was like, my bow, what? Huh? Hmm? uh, Well, we did, I mean, our... Yeah, our winter league. Our winter league. We shot all winter, but that's, you know, max 30 yards, you know, so, but we... We were still been shooting. It's not like we hadn't picked up a bow, like yeah, third, yeah, but <laughs> right. Like my brother-in-law Chris there, but yeah, man, he's a hell of a shot for <laughs> never picking up his bow. It's for shooting a bass guitar. But um, but yeah, so this is arrows in slow mo. <laughs> I can't get over that. Who turned the speed down on that? Little different angle of the, you know, the <laughs> arrow and the target. It's <laughs> almost like an adventure. He goes, "Well, I'm not sure where to aim, but here we go." You know, send it. Yeah, his tape goes out to sixty-five. 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 So, like sixty-five, he's like, "Oh, I'll pinwheel him right in my wheelhouse." Yeah. Seventy-five, he's like, "Well, here we go." <laughs> oh, but but yeah, so we went out there this year, and you know, stayed in the same spot. We had our. Um, cookout all, pl- all planned out with the hunter and uh nick did a podcast on that so um he does a recap of kind of like the the recipes that he brought and kind of his take on on the the cookout that we had we had probably 35 40 people people from minnesota wisconsin and then all over the state of michigan yeah pat um, amber pat amber Tom Sarah. yep and uh i mean you know just people that we'd met uh up there in years past or people that, you know, followed us on social media and just kind of saw what we were doing and, uh, you know, listeners to the podcast, just, just a really good time. And I mean, the food was tremendous, but we'll get into that in a second. So we got up there and we shot the prime course on Friday, Friday. Friday. And that's the long Western course. And, um, <clears throat> I don't, I mean, what What do you guys think? I don't think that the course was as challenging this year as it was last year. Um, there was some, there was some, it's all ends up being target placement, I think. Yeah, that, um, that's, uh, there was some it pretty, was defi- sh- pretty shitty target placement. Yeah, there was, there was some. But it wasn't as long. It wasn't no, as there long. Wasn't as long and it wasn't like as blatantly bullshit, like with brush piles and stuff. It was all trees or shadows. I mean, but it was, yeah, but there was somewhere that you couldn't even, you couldn't feasibly, you know, you wouldn't take that shot. You know, I mean, that's where, that's where it was coming down to some of it, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, especially at 75, 80 yards, yeah. you know, but, you know, and a couple of them where the kill zone was literally covered. Right. And you're, you know, shooting through two one inch trees, you know, and take your, uh, you know, pick it. What gap are you going to shoot, or are you going to lay up on foam in the ass like some people? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, as we 
progress through the total archery challenge, that was totally because <laughs> you were running low on arrows. <laughs> I, I was running low on arrows, yes. <laughs> and yeah, I I think I broke four or five arrows um, up there, but it wasn't. I, I would say most of them weren't like I missed and like screwed them up. I mean, I definitely did that to one, but a lot of them were, I would hit the target. Well, I hit, I hit a couple of, there was two that I messed up in the target hitting rebar or something like that. But the, I would shoot the target and then it would slap into, and then hit one of the trees and bust the knock out of it. Or bounce off a tree into the. uh, That might've happened once or twice. I think one of the things too that, you know, we didn't really talk about while we were up there. I might have mentioned it to Frank afterwards. Is you were shooting the the standard uh, fletched arrows that come from the factory mm-hmm. without a wrap, right? And even with Frank, you know, yeah, he's shooting a little bit lower poundage, but all of his arrows are wrapped, and he had some. So did Chris. Slap some trees. Slap trees, and and. Not once did he split the ta- you know the knock end of the arrow, which that's what you're you know that's mm-hmm. what was happening with yours. So I think basically we were shooting the same shafts, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. same brand, right? Yeah, we were shooting the same, same everything. Well, yours is the stiffer, yours are the two fifties. Yeah, yours stiffer. Mine are the three hundreds. They're shooting three fifties. Three fifties. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so you're even a little bit thicker wall. Mm-hmm. And so, why would that be? Well, I think just you know that wrap gives it a little bit extra strength, strength there on, on the there, back end of the you know, instead of letting it split the way it did, you know, just slapping them. Because mm-hmm. that happened to three of the arrows. I right. mean, and well, it's like, well, well, fuck. When they go straight into the logs, though, and they're, you know, yeah, they're pretty much in there. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I have Chris. never seen so many arrows in the woods. This in was this year <laughs> in the trees in, in trees. trees halfway down the ridges <laughs> oh, in these yeah. trees that these people are shooting more this year I've seen in trees and stuck everywhere than any year before. Yeah. Well, it was. And I'm not exactly sure why. I think it was the tight, tight shots. And I think it was on the locals, locals course. But John's favorite shot last year was this downhill elk. You know, and it was you know we were we had elk on our brain. This was like yards. absolute. <laughs> perfect quintessential what you would be looking for and this year it was a deer or some shit but there were so many the way that they had the target laid out there were so many arrows you know 20 feet up in trees (laughs) just just just, like there's just pieces just rain down (laughs) everywhere because of the way that they had it set up and you know i mean it's the total archery challenge and we shot our Bowman's Club 3D course and the longest shot that we took today was like 45 yards, 46 yards, mm-hmm. but there was nothing in the way, and Frank still managed to hit a tree. But yeah, it was that the hardest <laughs> one. That one was. I mean, it did have a. That was. You couldn't see the full body of that no. bear. No, you it was know, a, you, it was shooting through a, a V a, a of a just v his vitals. The, v in the trees, you know. And that was what 42. Yeah, yeah, but that. But but walking out there and the targets are just there. You All didn't right. have to search for them. I mean. Yeah. There were some on the, what I meant when I said shadows is, man, you went out there and you were like. Looking through trees, like. where Oh, where that I, pheasant where? up in there against that hill in that shade without binoculars. Even be with, able to see what it was even with like. Binoculars, even with binoculars, the only thing that you could see was that no trespassing right, sign after, on the post. 
once I looked at it in binoculars, I'm going, oh, well, this relates to this. I can actually shoot an arrow now, mm. or I wouldn't even have knocked an arrow. Right. Then, like, the little bear by the stomp, and then the wolverine on the Sitka cores. But there was, like, after we shot the buffalo and come down on that real long shot, and then we walked over, and then those guys are up there going, yeah, good luck. I don't even remember what that one was, but you couldn't see anything. Oh, that was a... Oh, that was a was it the bear up on the edge? I remember which one you're talking no, about. No, it was it was one of them little small targets, and I don't remember what it was, but it was just like you couldn't see it, and then you would, and occasionally you'd be able to pick out like an outline, and then through binoculars, once you figured it out, you could put it there. But that's a whole another thing. So, so we shot the prime course first. And then first. Drop Frank off because he was dead. That was like oh, six, seven well, actually, miles, something like that. Actually, we got back to the then we had condo, to and then John drove, drove, I drove back to pick him up, up at the end of the oh, course. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, I stayed with him just to company. <laughs> I had I had comfort there with me. Yeah, that was a bad deal. That was that was all I wanted. I'll tell you that. So you then know. we went and shot the sit course right. after that, and we were the last people on the course. And so when the guy from the Total Archery Challenge is looking for volunteers, you know, for you guys that are listening, and and he says, hey, I need you to come and see me um, at the end of the thing so we know that the course is clear, um, don't volunteer for free. They will give you beer. Even if it's out of the the Sitka Sitka people's coolers. But, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so... We did collect. Yep. So we were the last ones off the course on Friday night on the Sitka course. And uh, then, you know, when we were packing up our, you know, if you watch the Insta story, you'd have seen us doing some us. I say us very loosely. Um, I was drinking beer and just like everybody else, we were mesmerized. But, you know, I come over to pick John up to go up there and we're loading up the, the Honda Element. And, uh, <laughs> He's like, well, I got to get my bow press and my draw board and this. And I'm like, what the hell do we need this for? And he's like, oh, well, Amherst bow and blah, blah, blah. Pat contacted me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so we got done shooting. We went and ate. Yeah, we got back We got back to the condo, showered, ran up to the bar, which is right there. I mean, literally, like, ran up there, ate. And we got done eating at like ten o'clock, right? And so we and he's like, "Well, I got to tune that bow, and it's dark." And and you know he and then he's I was putting stuff in because when we did the cookout, I put the grill and all the stuff in the trailer that we brought up there. And I'm like, "There's a fucking block target in here. There's going to be more targets in one <laughs> spot than there is anywhere outside of like the Reinhardt 100 or fucking, <laughs> you know, at one of the factories or something Who like that. Who the hell brings a freaking block target to the Total Archie Channel? And I think each one of us looked at that and saw, yeah, and he's got his hand that? up. I was like, what the fuck is this about? And then I saw a bunch of PVC in there, and I was like, oh, maybe Ernie left that in his trailer. You know, <laughs> oh, no. You know, we get back, and then I'm out drinking beer, mingling, and uh the old mingler <laughs> john says i'm gonna shut this door don't come in here uh i'm gonna lock it don't come in here till we open it up and you just hear <laughs> <laughs> we open it well that pvc was his paper tuner 
we brought he brought one of these tables that he made, but his paper tuner set up to set the block target on there. So they're shooting arrows in in our room inside our condo in, inside yeah. uh, well, the we, condo that's on Frank's credit card. Yeah, it was so. on my card. Oh, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Uh, hopefully they're not listening. I don't well, know. No, you know. No, so we did. I mean, <clears throat> well, it was the thing though. We we you know we were shooting at eleven o'clock on Saturday. And, well, Amber didn't shoot Friday, but she was scheduled to shoot, I think, at like 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. So, I'm like, it's already, you know, we got done eating. It's already 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. We're either going to go to bed and get up super early and try to get, or she's not going to get it, you know, because she still had to sight it in. And what was the issue? So, walk us through, like, your your preparation going up there. Well, Pat had sent me a message uh, that morning saying he was, there were, they had just got the bow out pretty much because she was having some shoulder issues also. And so they were just, you know, getting her getting her sight, you know, set up and, you know, finished because it's a, a newer bow to her. And so then they ended up shooting it through the paper just, you know, before they figured that they were going to sight it in. And they were getting a one-inch right tear, three-quarter to one-inch. So, and there's Which is not, large. Right. I mean... And so the center shot was set up, I think it's 13 sixteenths is roughly for the math, because it's a Matthews, uh, which one was it? No, nine. Triax? Yeah, Matthews Triax. And so, <clears throat> you know, and it's a 50 to 60 pound bow, and she's shooting it at the lowest end, so 50. So that is one of the issues right there, because now you're, you're not putting as much, like, torsion on your cable guard so it's not pulling the cams back into place and so anyway well but i think that's good information so if people are having like right so if you here's the thing if you're going to buy a bow and you're not going to shoot and you plan on shooting say if you're going to plan on shooting 60 pounds you don't want to go and buy a 60 pound 60 to 70 pound bow and turn it all the way down you'd want to buy a 50 to 60 pound bow and turn it all the way up and then if there's if you want a couple extra pounds, there's some tweaking that you can do. You can twist up the cables a little bit, and they'll help. But that's going to give you a little extra draw length. But you can, there's some things you can do to get a couple extra pounds out of it. Where, and then every the bow is going to is going to be more efficient on that higher end. You know when it's everything's cranked down. You know the cables and everything got you know all the torsion on it that you know what what they need, and so. I just, you know, the, that Matthews Halon, you know, the Halon uh, riser system, basically, that's what the, you know, the tracks and the, and the, the verdicts is all basically that platform. They have the top hat system. And so they're basically, all they are is a shim, you know, like, you know, like the Hoyts and stuff where you have a shim kit for it. You have different size spacers. It's just a, the top hat is a aluminum sleeve that has a you know a spacer on each and then there's match sets and so you can either flip them over or you get the other you know other kit get the kit and it has the other sizes with so i just called johnson to see if he had some in stock because i don't i don't normally work on matthews so i don't have any and he had some in and so i ran up picked them up and so i knew that we'd have pretty much everything we needed you know with my bow press, the draw board, paper tuner, 
that that we were going to be able to do because he they did try messing with the rest pushing out left well you know you can only go so far that's pretty much a micro tune at that point i mean you, you don't want to you're not going to crank the rest out where the arrow's pointing right you know visibly left off the riser and that's what the, he was saying he's like man you could see it was left and then there wasn't enough room for her sight bracket to move over to where she could even get it to sight in so i'm like well yeah that's it's not it's not right so i got up we got up there got got everything set up first thing i did was looked at the bow i looked down the cams and see you know what the cam alignment looked like and at rest they looked pretty symmetric you know in line but as soon as i drew it back i could see that they were canted you know opposite of each other or, you know actually parallel with each other kind of both aiming down to the right so broke the bow down i switched out i flip-flopped the bottom cam bushings but you had her shoot oh, yeah, it first yes, because yes. because that's one of the things that you know i would have never thought of and john you know when he was built the strings for um my bow and and all of that he's like i got it as close as i could but i can't I can't tune it to your hand until right. you know. I could I could have shot it and I might have shot. I, I did shoot it first. I shot it once and I I got a right tear. And then I'm like, all right, I want to see you shoot it. I want it. And I had seen a picture of her before and how you know her grip and everything. I'm no you know instructor or anything, but looking at it, I could see that she wasn't white knuckling it. She had a, a you know a nice loose grip on it. She wasn't torquing the riser. So you know from there, I had her shoot it. Yep, okay. Shot it three times, I think it was, and they were all consistent. You know, bam, 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 right tear, right tear, right tear. So I so broke the bow down. I flip flopped the bottom ones. So I can't. I think they were the. Oh, I can't remember which which set they were. But anyway, and so then I took the top and I removed the the stock ones, and then I put in the extreme uh, set, which is. The one is the thin as you can get, and the other one's super thick. So I put the super thick on the left, put the thin one on the right, so that way the cam got slid all the way over to the right and shot it. Well, then it went extreme opposite. Then it went an inch left here. So we knew we were on the right track. We just went too far. So then I put the original ones back in on the top, flip-flopped those around, and bam, bullet hole. You know, so... And, then, and before that, I double-checked the center shot made sure that was on. But that is like a – but so we got her shooting bullet holes for her arrow, for her setup. Now is where she would go out, sight in her bow, and then get used to it, and then maybe do some walk-back tuning or line tuning, you know, and then you're going to do some adjustments to your rest, you know, real fine tuning if you want to get that far. I mean – if you want, if you're target shooting, you're obviously you're you know really going to want to do that. But if like you know bow hunting, shooting fixed blade broadheads, you're gonna you're gonna tune your bow to you know get the best flight out of your arrows, most consistent. So one of the things, so two things. One, after she shot that bullet hole, she did the most amazing thing that <laughs> could even be possible. Oh, she shot. <laughs> an arrow exactly through the exact same hole that looked like, like there was no tear. There was no, everything was exactly the same. Two arrows through the exact same hole, clocked, fletching. Yeah. Everything. Clocked it at the same, everything. Like if, 
if you were to tell told someone that that was two arrows, you'd swear they'd be like, no. Yeah, but there was an arrow in the, in the target. If I wouldn't have seen it, I'd be like, she missed. What the hell? Well, I was <laughs> right behind her, and she shot it, and I just kind of went, huh? <laughs> right. But one of the other things that I think was funny is when John was like trying to figure out how to do this. You know, you go to YouTube and you look. Right. Two two of the videos that are on there were our prior guests. One's Taylor Chamberlain, and the other is Greg Litzinger, both showing you how weird this how, how to super tune these right. These these Matthews. So I thought that was pretty cool too, because he's like these guys showed up when I was trying to figure out like what's the <laughs> what's the process for this. Yeah. So but what I was saying that that evening, and like I still contest is like to me like you can go out there and shoot 80 yards or 100 yards or you know through all these tight corridors and all this stuff but to me like to call it the total archery challenge like that was the fucking total archery challenge like here you go get a bow that you've never shot before and you just get like a little bit of a backstory of this is what the bow is and this is what what it is you bring all your own equipment and then set it up to shoot. You know what I mean? Right. Because that, that to me, it was like, I mean, yeah, you can shoot. You know, I watch you shoot all the time, and it, basically it makes me nauseous sometimes. <laughs> but, like, t- to watch that is just like, holy shit, you know? Like, I was thinking, like, on the whole Boyne Mountain Complex, I'm wondering, like, how many bow presses are in rooms doing that type of stuff. <laughs> and I w- it wouldn't surprise me one bit if – there was probably five or six other people doing similar things, but it still is just like, that's not like, like common from the first time, from the first time that I walked up there and I said, I even told John, I said, man, look how far you've come in three years. I said, the first year you guys were just building arrows and you did break down your double XL and yeah, you did (laughs) tore it down the night before (laughs) on the bed. Yeah. (laughs) But, but but the thing that gets me, though, about this is after looking at all the arrows in the trees, how many guys ain't got rangefinders? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's what's up with that, you know? Are they just guessing? Well, I mean, the, look at look at Chris. Look at yourself. You know, what was your max? Well, yeah, I could shoot 85 yards. And then after that? Uh, then it was a guess, but I mean, but I mean, I knew what the range was at least. You well, maybe know? maybe they had a little Ernie syndrome. Well, or you know, for for me, so for, forget to move your sight. <laughs> <laughs> Only happened twice. <laughs> Both times, unfortunately. Um, no, one was high, one was low. But uh, the so the second day we had the the cookout, so we got up and we shot the mountain ops course and. Hustled back and then started just preparing food. We did venison kebabs. John did a walleye cheek chowder. I had a, a venison um, cheeseburger um, soup. Uh, Tom and Sarah came over with some really great um, wild turkey stuff. And I, well, I, it was uh, like, I could, it's a very fancy name. Like, I couldn't even remember what it was. Um, it was like, like, eat it with chips and. It was like a, it was like a Mexican uh, turkey dish, and it was it was great. I mean, people were. Yeah, I don't think there's anything left when, no. that. And that was the wild turkey that she shot. Yep. So and uh, she's even better. That's cool. I mean, yeah, better than me. 
<laughs> and, and Tom, of course, he walks up and he's like, if I could have found a, a fake turkey, like I was going to write your name on it and give it to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you for that, Tom, for, for thinking of me. But, um, but yeah, so we had made all that up and, uh, John's brother had some bacon wrapped venison. The guys from Wisconsin actually brought over some morels that they found on the course right. and, uh, you know, they cooked them up and then. Nick had turkey knuckles, these oh, ginger uh, marinated turkey knuckles that were just amazing. Then he had these jalapeno uh, venison. venison poppers that were hot as fuck. Like, <laughs> and he'll say, "Oh, they weren't that hot." Like I ate one and it was like, "Oh, this is great!" Oh my god! And then <laughs> I had a couple. The first two were like perfect. And then I had one that was it was flaming. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't to the point where I wasn't going to have another. I was like, oh. But Ernie was seeking those out. <laughs> but the hot ones. I even found two the next day and the leftovers in the yeah. fridge, and I was just like parading around with them. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what what a good man! I just have to say the turkey knuckles. Though, like when you first said Nick was bringing up turkey knuckles, I'm like, what? Yeah, turkey knuckles. Yeah, I didn't, well, didn't quite understand it, you know. I didn't think it was food. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and even he when had. he like pulled them out of the tray because he had like pressure cooked them first or something. Yep. I, yep. I I didn't get a chance to talk to him because I was making the, my chowder and then I was getting the flays ready because I did some blackened flays on the camp chef to go with that. But but man, when he pulled them out of the pan and like I was like, what the hell? They look like. Harry meatball so much, <laughs> like, just some gnarly looking shit. And then he put that those on the grill because we had the charcoal grill going, and we had the, yeah. the gas, the the camp chef going. And I tell you what, Nick, those were awesome. You Absolutely, could, you could cook turkey knuckles for me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I told these guys, and they were like, "Turkey knuckles, like what?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, he's got, you know, his family owns a." a Domestic right. turkey farm. I mean, these guys know how to use every piece of a, a turkey. Oh, that was a and I guess how would you explain it? It, it? To me, not the not the taste or anything like that, because like it was like a ginger. Um, I don't know what else was in there, but it was. I mean, they were just the flavor was great. But oh, yeah. as far as like what it was, you know, there was like a bone in the center of it, and it was kind of like I don't know the little like extra cartilage type stuff that you get at the end of ribs i a guess gelatinous where, like, where you kind of had to like eat around the right this little so that's like this I'm little like, ball what what part is it is it i think it's like the kneecap the joint it's is the it knee the, joint is yep. it mm-hmm. yeah so i want to know did he skin every knee joint out i mean uh, well, <laughs> i mean i'd imagine like his family has a processing <laughs> deal so just like hey save those because there was like a thousand of damn things <laughs> oh yeah we that and the you know those poppers that he made when he pulled those trays i was like holy shit how how long did it take you to make all those because oh, yeah. he he said he was like he made it took a day to make yep. up all yeah. the poppers yep and, and clean all the peppers and do all like oh. in the next day there were two left right? yeah and they were probably just oversight and then yeah. he, <laughs> you know and he got done cooking and ended up they had to take off i mean but the funny thing is he was rolling out rolling around out there cooking in his socks oh yeah <laughs> Set a pair of socks on. I kept looking down, you know. Which I'm going to say was the oddest thing I had seen that evening. <laughs> <laughs> but well, he had tore up his feet with the oh, boots yeah. or something. Yeah. So, or he was just sick of his boots and didn't have anything yeah. else. And so I feel like by the time 
every year when we get to the total archery challenge, like by Sunday rolls around, like I got my spot underneath the trees there when you were waiting for our lift that I just sprawl out on the ground because I'm so hungover <laughs> and I'm just done and it's so hot. But and we shot the easiest course, the locals course, which the longest shot was maybe fifty yards. No, the toughest shot was the finishing bear down through that valley. Yeah. The, the last two shots. That was crazy. I thought that was like seventy one. Mm. Down through the maples. It might I don't have think been it, was it that might have long. been sixty. Might have been sixty, but yeah, they, was, they the, the locals course think. is generally not a long it's just a really tight course. And the terrain actually is worse. Is worse. I mean, up and down on the, I mean, it's the oh, shortest yeah. course yeah. and the shortest shots, but it's definitely the most demanding up and down. Like, elevation changes. Yeah. And yeah. The, even going to pull arrows, there was a couple where you had to freaking, like, I had to pull myself up the, the fucking cliff with the rope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and so <laughs> for, to that point, like, I, whether it's the, you know, the the alcohol shakes in the morning and the hungover <laughs> dehydration. But by that point, like, the target panic, you know, John's talked about it. We've talked about it on here. But, my God, it was like. And it set in. It, I, there was nothing that I could do. And I was just, like, swinging through these targets. Like, I couldn't. I was settled in six feet below the target and see, and it's the same thing i was dealing with last year where i was i was not quite as bad at, for the most part because on the last day i did i'd kind of got through it and was shooting pretty good but like throughout the second day i think that's when i almost ground tuned the rx1 <laughs> <laughs> but the thumb trigger for me like just the mental you know knowing that you can touch that sucker off i didn't even bring that with me this year i mean but so like uh like i mentioned greg litzinger he he had posted something and i don't know like what it was like in response to um but he was like you know do you got it was right when we got back and it was like do you think target panic's real and i was like fuck yeah it's real like <laughs> i was like jesus christ you know, and so we were like messaging back and forth, and he was telling me like the the way that he goes through a shot process and stuff like that, and like so you, you know, and 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 speaking with John is like, okay, this is what you do, this is how I do it, and he always talks about the pin floating and all the stuff, and I was so focused on all of the like micro adjustments, like I forgot like the macro portion of it, so. What I was doing, like I know now, it was, and this is, I mean, I probably do this in our winter league when I have a hard time, like, shooting the spot. When we're when we're practicing, I can shoot the spot because we, we might be shooting th three, five arrows from seven yards because we just shoot all the distances and kind of move back and forth. So you're not shooting at the same dot spot on the animal on the on the target you're shooting at you know, arrow, arrow holes. And I can do that all day long because I'm so focused on that arrow hole. And so what I was doing is drawing back the bow, getting my anchor, tightening my shoulders, 
leveling my bubble, centering the housing and the peep, and I was fucking 12 counties over. Like, I was nowhere near the target. So then I would have to, like, look up, try and find the target, go back through all that stuff, and then I was still six inches, eight inches below where I was supposed to be, and I could not do anything to move that the bow up. And so then what you end up doing is you end up swinging the bow through and, and trying to time it. And on that day, I couldn't hit a freaking elk, a buffalo, a moose at 15 yards, <laughs> let alone 50 or whatever the hell they were. I mean, it was so bad. I was getting so frustrated. These guys are laughing at me. And then they're laughing at me for a minute. And then they were like, this is like five targets that you've done the same thing. Like, what's going on? Like, are you opening both your eyes? And I'm like, I could close both my eyes and probably shoot better. Just point me. I'll draw back. I'll you tell me when I'm close, and I'll hit the the trigger, and we'll we'll be better. And so we, we could have done the thing where uh, yeah, well, you Frank, just, I you just draw back. I'll hold the bow, and Frank just, touches the release off. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So in, in in talking with him, he's like, you know, I find the spot on the animal. I draw back. And then I put the pin, I never, my eyes never leave that spot. And so I was doing shooting drills in my garage and just, you know, just feeling the shot process. But what I found myself doing is shooting with both eyes open, which Frank is always, you know, I feel like he goes back and forth on it too, but he's always like, do you have both your eyes open? But they go across something. Stan <laughs> thoughts. Know, oddly enough home today wife's jumping in the shower i got a little time to kill american archer that tom nelson oh, yeah. guess what his show is about it was target about panic. target, target panic. panic his old instructor this mike yeah whatever so i watched it and i'll tell you what that guy put it into layman's terms you just said what you got to do you gotta never look. draw your bow get your pin in the center of that target never let it leave never let it leave that focus on that, because once you focus on, is the bow going to go off? You've now lost your subconscious on the pin being where it needs to be. But I was so worried about all That's the components amazing. on the bow. I wasn't yeah. ever worried about the target. Yeah. You know, I have to look at the target, draw back, and then be like, eh, it's, you know, all them things are pretty well, close, you know. And see, that's what I was going through with last year. You know, I mean, year before last, I think I still had my trigger, my wrist strap. Pretty sure I did. But then, you know, like, when we, even when we shot, the first year we shot as a group on, in the Winter League, I was shooting my trigger finger, had my bow tech, shot pretty good. I ended up having the high aggregate that year. Then the next year, freaking got my thumb release, and what I do? I was putting freaking arrows over the bales at 10 yards. <laughs> I mean, literally, missing the whole target just punching it and it was like i never had target panic in my life and now i'm freaking it's like i talked myself into it you know <laughs> just some crazy shit well now then i'm like you know what i'm just gonna follow dudley's advice he's got a whole thing on it you know you can go go to his youtube channel and you know search target panic go through the releases and if you get a silverback or a card revolution, which is the same thing as a silverback, it's just a two two finger version. Pretty sure Stan makes one, but it's a true back tension release where you set the tension, 
as you draw back, you have your thumb on a safety. And then when you get anchored, you release your thumb off the safety and then you just pull, pull through, you know, squeezing your back muscles. And at first it is scary. I mean, you're, I did send some into the freaking ceiling and the bales that, you know, that, but once, once I got comfortable with it now, it's like, I mean that I shot winter leagues this year with my silverback all winter and I end up shooting the best I've ever shot. I end up shooting two rounds over 400, which out of what? 420, 420. So I shot two four oh fives, which that's only three, you know, tens out of you know the best the best is a fifteen fifteen is the center center ring and then outside that it's the ten ring. So all all centers except for three tens. So pretty you know, I'm and, pretty happy with that. And just so it's not like lost in translation that was with the fucking eastern axis right hunting the, arrows it wasn't with it wasn't it, with target arrows and yeah and that's the thing you know the winter league that we shoot we're not shooting vegas face or anything like that we we shoot a small game league where we shoot from seven yards out to 30 yards and they're silhouettes of like a goose a duck rabbit um the freaking boar, the boar, the, the fucking coyote. Coyote. coyote, bobcat is the worst. Or, yeah, the fucking cat, or yeah, that's bobcat, bobcat. So, so I end up like after our season ended, our hunting season ended, like last year and the year before, whatever. I'd switched up my bow and I, you know, started shooting my normal arrows, not my axis arrows, like the normal size, like the full metal carbon jackets express. Or? No, no. Carbon Express, you know, the the little bit fatter shaft. Not the big 23s or anything like that, but the not the micro getters. Not the micro diameters. And then I'd put my slider sight on with the single pin, blah, blah, blah. Well, so I didn't get a chance to do that this year before we started our first week. And shoot on our first week, I shot. I mean, I'm shooting my 80-pound limbs, my five-pin sight, so I'm pin gapping at the 25 you know, 1525. And so I shot, I was like, well, shot pretty good. Might as well just see how it goes next week. Shot really good. Like, I'm just going to leave it, you know? And so I shot my hunting setup. I didn't change a thing from the time we went out West to the whitetail season, nothing. So I'm shooting 80 pounds with 550 grain, Eastern axis arrows, not fat shafts, nothing micro diameters or small diameter, not the micro micro diameter, but and end up. And there was a couple on those where if I would have been shooting the Carbon Express arrows or the fatter shaft, I would have broke the line and got a freaking <laughs> 15 right. out of it. But, but that's just, that is a testament to the back tension. I, I did not focus on, you know, I wasn't worried about pulling the trigger or punching the trigger. All I was doing was focus on my shot process and I'm letting the pin float. You know, you, you talk about trying to keep that pin in there, but your mind subconsciously, I'm, I, what I'm focusing on is the target where I want it to hit. That pin's floating that through that spot. Yeah. But it's never going to, you're never going to be dead center you can't on stop it. it. 
Right. So you just – there are some times where that pin is just – you could see my bow. Today. You know, yeah. Well, today it was a little different. <laughs> and the new bow and the big – I did have a couple that flew pretty far. But that was another thing too. So I, I had switched over this year to the – up at the Toll Archer Challenge. I switched over to my hinge. Too Smooth Hinge, which is the same com- concept. It's – I mean, you can – you can manipulate it to fire, but I've never, you know, punched it, like done that. I just keep rotating, rotating, and all of a sudden it goes off, and it's a surprise. Or it doesn't. We had or, that at the Yeah, the one, <laughs> one, like, one time it didn't go off. I don't know what, if, if I had just had it, if I was holding it funny or what the hell happened. So, yeah, I pulled out the silver back and shot one shot with that and then went back to the two smooths. But so today we shot the 3D course at our local, you know, at the Bowman's Club. And in the last few days, I've been playing with the different, like, I still had a little bit of the click, which I wanted to get rid of because, I mean, it's kind of nice when you hear that click go off and you know, okay, I'm close. But I then there was other times where I thought it had already gone and then I hear the click and it <laughs> gives me a little startle. And <laughs> but, so I I definitely, well, I got a new bow. I got a target bow, and it's at 60 pounds, so now I can play with that that hinge a little bit and make it a little hotter because I'm not pulling as much poundage. I I think I mentioned it earlier. I don't think I'd even try to shoot my target or my hunting bow right now with the way I have the two smooth set because it's a little hot. <laughs> so, um, you know, we could probably do a whole podcast on it, and we should probably get somebody on here to talk about it but just because you're you're bringing these up and i know the questions are going to be posed um so uh thumb button back tension and a hinge so thumb button is mechanical you push it yeah back tension you set a a set poundage you let let off the safety you pull through that poundage and it releases how does a hinge work and why? So I mean, that click. What are you? What are you doing? So there's, because I, I mean, he's got this hinge, and it'll be sitting here, and it's got this thing that just like flops around, like flip, 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 and you try and like set it on something, and like uh, you know, try to on the right so like, release release aid. I can't figure it out. So like Greg Litzinger, Litzinger, he shoots a true hinge that, that I mean, it's literally just a hook, and there's no clicker or nothing. You, I mean. It's like the basic, like most, you know. And mechanically, how does that work? So ba- all you do, it's got a hook, and you hook it on your D-loop, and as you hinge your, you know, hinge your hand back, it gets to the point where it releases off that hook. So you could, you know, technically saying you could just jerk your hand and make it shoot, but that's not how, you know, I mean, you're not going to do and that. There's no back tension there. Right. Well, well, you're using your your back muscles to, to pull it, through, to, pull right. through, and then you know either either you're releasing a little tension on your index finger to get that hinge to twist, or you're kind of like pulling your you know middle ring finger, you know middle finger ring finger back, and arching back and making it break. Where mine is got a clicker it's a it's built by carter it's john dudley's too smooth and it has an adjustable it has two moons on it where you can 
adjust the angle of the head and you can adjust the clicker and the speed of you know how how much angle it takes to have it fire which i like this i'm still working on i'm trying to get it you know down to where because up there there was i felt like sometimes it just wasn't going like i'm and by that time i'm starting to fatigue or you know i'm like you're aiming a long time yeah because it's not going not going right and so then they start but my advice to, to anyone if you're struggling like i told you already just order a silverback and i joked about i'm like well if you don't don't then if, if you don't want to don't I, you know i don't need any more competition when it comes to leagues you know <laughs> yeah but but so why i mean so the one that greg uses that's legitimately like he said there's nothing to fail right it's no it's what's 100% mechanical there's no moving parts you know your only hand is the moving part right right so with the the hinges like you have or that that style why would someone shoot that what where is the where is there a benefit to so that like, over a back tension or well the hinge i mean you can fine tune mine i mean if you want like like what i'm doing right now so i'm trying to fine tune it where it breaks a little bit quicker you know, and that's just a matter of how much you get used to it. Where, like, Greg is obviously used to his. I mean, he just took third, I think, in one of the 3D tournaments up there in New Jersey. But, you know, it's just a matter of personal preference. He wants something that's not going to fail. He's using it for hunting and everything. So, you know, yeah, if you're out in the shitty weather here in Michigan and it's snowing and sleet and freezing rain and, and next thing you know, you got some ice buildup, and I, I don't know that my, that too smooth might not fire right, you know. So when it's just a hook, and there's nothing. What I'm saying is, uh, like say versus a silverback or Carter oh. Revolution or a thumb button or whatever. Why would what makes the hinge another option? Um, that's like viable because like you like it would seem that these hinge releases and his you know is a go wraps around his wrist i believe and hooks on and like yours doesn't have anything that captures it so like if you are filming or if you were hunting you can't just hang it from the d loop right and that was like what i talked about during yeah. uh deer season when i used my wise choice which is just like the knock to it thumb thumb button I could lock that on. It's full capture. It's not coming off my D loop where I was wanting to hunt with my silverback. Well, in film, it's not really going to be, you know, it's not something I could do because if you're trying to move the camera with your right hand and that's your, you know, your freaking release hand, then you're going to try to get it hooked on. And, but, but so why would someone use a, a hinge versus well, a silverback? Well, because, like even like when I went up there, because for one the silverback, it does. I noticed that even like in during winter league at the end of the night I was getting pretty fatigued because you're pulling, 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 and and then it's gonna break. Where it doesn't take as much, uh, physical, you know, force to you're not pulling as hard. You're not pulling through every shot. I mean, you should be pulling on that back wall, but now you're now like when I went up 
tack and everything else. I'm focusing on my shot process and I'm just, I was just like releasing my index finger, just kind of squeezing my, my hand, you know, and still keeping my elbow high and pulling back through, but it wasn't nearly as much physical force. So I, you know, especially with guys that are shooting tournaments in shooting or like the Vegas faces when you're shooting three ends, you know, three arrows per end and you're shooting 30, you know, ton of arrows. Well, back tension, you're going to, I mean, unless you're shooting it every day, it's going to, you're definitely going to fatigue, you know, okay. but so what my advice would be, I'm not a pro. I'm not, I mean, I just started shooting this hinge release. So in the well, last year when I bought it, so it, my advice would be go to Dudley, go to his knock on uh, YouTube channel and search his, you know, back tension. He's got the, he's got the silver back. He's got the two smooth. And he talks about everything you can, how to shoot back tension with a, with a wrist strap, you know, all that. So for me, that's the best info out there. I mean, and, and there's other guys too. I mean, like what Ernie was saying, you know, you just watch something on the, on sports channel or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was sportsman's channel. And so th- there's tons of good info out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, like, I mean, I guess I just relate everything to like, myself and my background where it's like unless i stumble upon it or something like that it's like not something that i'm going to seek out unless i'm really having a problem but i would say that 90 percent of the people that shoot you know well even like a couple times like well like christopher right so he shoots a a hundred year old cobra wrist strap (laughs) with a 20 year old bow just goes out and shoots you know you could paper tune that bow and it might be a, a one inch right tear but he's just shooting it the way that the bow shoots because it's a, how it shoots for because it's a, he's used to. it's a tool so but the, he doesn't probably have that process you know put a a, a freaking he has his process right what i'm saying is there's nothing to break down because he's shooting it the way he always has shot it just like myself so shoot the wrist strap i I couldn't tell you i was like oh that shot was me that one wasn't you put a fucking thumb button in my hand and it's like well you know you guys talk about the um mechanical portions the body and all that this guy focused on the mental aspect he says, I don't care what you're shooting, if you're shooting fingers or whatever. And he, what he did is he broke it down into the basic layman term of subconsciously, you can only do one thing at a time. Once you start worrying about when that's going to go off, what it does, it sends sensors, right. your body, and you're going to anticipate that go off. And you pull, and that, that's what causes it. It's the nerves. And, so, and then he talked a few things about putting your trigger mm-hmm. back here deeper yeah. because it's yeah. easier to pull and put back tension than it is out here that's hard mm-hmm. we talked about those things but the mental aspect what he said was simply subconsciously you're going to hold that in the center of the target and if you keep that focus and you train yourself to do everything else automatically he says that that and he says oh you're not going to do it all the time he says but work on it and it was it was neat because I, I probably had my worst target panic 
probably of years as up at the this year's total archery challenge. Yeah, I mean, I noticed last year when I shot a few rounds with my silverback during the league because it I'd got to the point where I just was fed up. Yeah, and I noticed for one, I was I didn't shoot as many fifteens, but I didn't shoot any fives. So I was more consistent in the, you know, within the 10 ring. I didn't have any flyers at all. But that was at the point where, because I wasn't shooting it much at that point. I had shot it a lot prior to that, but I didn't want to go to the leagues. And, you know, I was, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to win. I wanted to shoot the high score, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, I was, you know, I mentally screwed myself. But then when I shot with the silverback, yeah, I didn't shoot as high a score as I wanted. But it was a more consistent shooting. And then, you know, when and, I went into I, this I, year. I think, too, though, like, you know, like Aaron was saying about the, you know, the, the that uh, show that was on. I found that by just concentrating, just me concentrating on the spot I want to shoot, my pin will, you know, will come there. You know, you have to just you know, have confidence in that, you know. Let it happen. Don't yeah. fight it. Happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that that's what the the issue was, like like I said, you know, to start this whole thing, is that I was focused on the pin right? and trying to bring the pin up there. Can't do it. Instead of trying to focus on that spot, and then the bow is just going to go there, yep. you know. And pin that just get in the way. Like yep. I said, that was, like, groundbreaking, yep. you know, for me. And it's just, it's just such a – a simple, simple thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think kind of that's kind of one of what I wanted to cover, you know, going through, you know, those things kind of, like I said, the summer's kind of getting away from us and we're kind of here and there and everywhere. So no I just kind of wanted to, permits. no pair. Yeah. We did not draw our bear permits. I'm very, I'm so, I mean, I told my dad that and he was like, what, you know, I'm just as surprised as everybody else, but, you know, now we can focus a little bit more on. Well, we're going to put in for fall turkey. Fall yeah. turkey. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt down that hen. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we gonna, know where she lives, right? In that little bottom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put an arrow in her ass. <laughs> All of us are going in at she once. Like, our, remember me, bitch? <laughs> she kicked <laughs> our ass one morning, too. Yeah. We're all going in at once. <laughs> yeah. So, so this fall is going to be fall turkey, I guess. This was just. Right. New to me this morning, so yeah, because the, the applications you can put in for them on July first. So, so fall, for here in Michigan, fall turkey, South Dakota antelope, and then whitetail. And then these two retired clowns, Masters Division <laughs> of Bull Hunter Chronicles, they're they're headed to Missouri and Nebraska. Well, for whitetail, a little bit of a tight schedule. Yeah, um, yeah. Halloween we're going to show up and. Missouri, all public land. Um, and then on the ninth, I believe it is, we go to Nebraska. Yeah. But that's uh, after then you work. I mean, it, that's pr- after we film pr- some. Prior nice, to that, we're going to hunt here. Michigan. Oh, absolutely. You know, probably. I told him. I said, "Do you realize this is the first bow season that you'll be able to hunt every day?" <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow actually is my first official day yeah. of retirement. <laughs> retirement. Yeah. So oh, like, we, and we didn't get in on the uh, little bit of walleye fishing we did, too. Yeah. Did we? 
No, I, I've got a bunch of video and I'm putting that together. Well, there is a, again, is a perfect example of why we film. I mean, Bowhunter Chronicles is one thing, but when you're bringing some of that stuff out on the boat, just to film it and stuff, and something like happens, like what happened, if that wasn't priceless, did anybody <laughs> laugh that no, night? Oh, my God. We couldn't even Could keep you ourselves done, together. You couldn't so, have done that just by telling a story. <laughs> so to, to, to tell a story, yes. And you would think that we caught a sturgeon or crashed the boat or... No. No, it was funny. It wouldn't have been crashed the boat. No. That's my boat. No. <laughs> Not it would have been funny to us. <laughs> Not so funny to Ernie. Not no. So, so uh, Frank's son, Ferd, ended up uh, pissing his pants. Um, From the outside. And it, it was all captured on the GoPro. And his reaction, his reaction to having to tell us, because we were four hours from being done fishing, and... <laughs> Uh, and it was priceless. And Andy uh, hadn't even drank a beer. Yeah. No, and I and I don't want it to be lost in this. And it's only because we talked about it a little bit with Walt. Uh, I like to rib Frank and Ernie because I don't. I'm not a fisherman. I'm. A, I guess I'm a filmmaker because I'm just fucking. I'm the guy with the camera. They hand me a rod here and there, but we were outfished by John. His sleeping daughter, his sleeping wife, and his son, uh, <laughs> while we drove all the way to the other side of the state, and John's with a tiller motor in Frank's boat here <laughs> in our hometown. One rod each in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> At night. At night. <laughs> in a pretty good place. I'm not oh, going to yeah. say where. Oh, yeah. But, I, I mean. If you're going to nighttime fish. Well, I'm oh, just yeah. saying, if you know, for me as a as a. A bystander, like I said, a fishing walleye for me is like they're good to eat, but they fight like planer boards. So it's like, <laughs> well, you get the bigger ones like Johnny was catching there. Well, that you different. know, I'm not, you know, I guess I love fishing Saginaw too, like Erie, you know, board fishing, but that's like you're meat fishing, you're you're going right. after getting, you want right. to get numbers. your limits, get numbers. numbers, yeah. And then, you know, like when we're fishing here, you know, our hometown, Muskegon, Muskegon Lake, I'll, you know. I wasn't going to say that. Well, I invite anybody to come out and, and walleye fish Muskegon Lake. I mean, it's it's freaking hard fishing. And oh, yeah. I just, you know, happened to get lucky and found the fish and stayed on them for a few days. And, and that's all you've got. Right. Right. I mean, there's a window of opportunity where you're fishing, the time you're fishing. Right. And thank God. Right, and you so know that. and so, what I'm doing is I'm just targeting certain certain fish. You know, well, you guys are too, but I'm using one rod by hand, mm-hmm. and I'm watching my graph, and I'm, you know, super slow, and I'm working my lure the whole time, and and that then all of a sudden, you know, you feel a bump, you know, like, Ooh, I just missed one, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start messing with, you drop it back a little bit, and then all of a sudden, bam. bam or or you drop it back and then all of a sudden it's just oh, won't go forward. There's something there, you know. Oh yeah. And so that I think if you if you experience that, Adam, you would probably think that would be a little more exciting to you because you're actually you have fishing. A, yeah, you have a hand in it. Well, you're fishing, oh, night fishing. you're fishing oh. with a little bit stiffer rod, but a lighter. It's a light rod, and you're using uh, a braided line, 
So it's it's so much more sensitive. You feel oh. your lure and, and oh yeah, you can feel your, the action, your, your weight, lure, you can you tell know, everything. You feel it all. And so yeah, I mean so yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. So like I said, I just wanted to kind of catch everybody up to kind of like where we're at and um that's kind of where I'm at and you know, Frank right now um hasn't been drinking. He's got, you know, you know, he's gotta go in tomorrow, blood work, blah 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 blah. Routine checkups. So. Nothing to worry about. Nothing that's to worry after seven o'clock though. Katie bar the door. <laughs> so I don't, don't know. know if he's going to go to the bar or the restaurant first. I don't know if we're going to be able to get this, but like I said, we haven't had a tale from the garbage man in a while. No. I'm going to throw it over to Frank. Uh, and, I, I don't uh, really have anything for you guys tonight. Come on. I mean, there's been listeners that have been asking. I mean. I'll have to do a little thinking. We'll. The next, the next podcast we do, I'll make sure that we get in on some stuff. He's, doing a, little, he's doing a little I'll teaser him, for him. I'll get him fired up. <laughs> he's got to maybe have a few cocktails. Too. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you got nothing? I got nothing tonight, really. Jeez. So Left you hanging. Apparently, I you know, the last time he tell, talks about an exploding beagle, <laughs> a story that I've never heard before. Well, I, I want to make sure it's something new to you guys, you know. <laughs> well, so. Between the exploding beagle and catching trucks on fire, which oh, I was yeah. in on. Johnny was in on that. <laughs> Arrested for murder. Yeah. Wow, that's, you know. Suspicion. <laughs> Suspicion of murder. Suspicion. And, and released. And released. <laughs> yeah. Totally exonerated. You know, really <laughs> after, he fingered, yeah. after he fingered the other two guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. so. Anyways, that's kind of uh, where we're at with this. Uh, you know, everybody's all kind of caught up with uh, what's going on. Um, still, run over and check out. Uh, you know, XOP gear. We get you can get ten percent off one of those vanish stands here uh, before the end of the year. Uh, you know, last year you couldn't buy one. Going up to the season, you can use Chronicles right now. Gear Act. Um, I tried it today. Our code doesn't doesn't work. On this sale they've got going on, uh, but they have 40% off of their one and two harnesses. So the same harness that I'm running is 45 bucks, and the Generation 2 harness that my brothers run um, is is $50. So for, you know, just to protect your binoculars, it's a hell of a, that's a hell of a deal. Speaking of binos, we didn't, we didn't mention that we got our new Vanguards in. Yeah, so... And, and this, that's going to be a whole nother, yeah, whole whole nother deal. But there's John, there's myself, and I ordered three sets of binoculars. So I've got a set of ten by forty two Vanguard Oros that we're going to be giving out out here very soon. Um, I'm going to try and get a binocular harness to pair with that, and we're going to be doing a giveaway here real soon. I've got those just sitting there, trying to figure out how to how to give those out to the listeners. So um, definitely go to Vanguard. John's super happy with the binoculars. I bought the same ones that he did just because I'm done. He's always bitching at me about like, oh, this. You got rid of the the Bear Grylls? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get rid of them. They they are going to my son. (laughs) You know, I'm passing them down. Oh, yeah. You know, so you got to walk before you can run. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so yes, I got the new Vanguard and 
10 by 42 and I'm pulling them on my harness right now and they're the Endeavor 4s yes the Endeavor 4s and they are crystal clear I let my wife look through them she's like oh my god it looks 3D I'm like well <laughs> so, not yeah, quite that but we'll, we'll, we'll get going on that here uh, plus it's, it's got green trim it's got, it's got green yeah on it's it, like, got the green on it so John is 100% sold but um but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Like I said, you know, head on over to XOP, Gear Rack. Uh, like I said, Gear Rack's got their 4th of July sale going on right now. They've got a new uh, range finder or um, radio pouch that's coming out. And uh, honestly, it's going to be dropped here real soon. The pictures of it, they just put something on their story and they sent it to me. Um, pictures of it and, and things uh, a week or so ago and it's it's pretty badass like i'm excited to get my hands on one of them um and yeah i'm gonna have to reach out to those guys and have them on the podcast even though john's still running his bugatti of fucking well, uh <laughs> my alaskan guy gear. but uh but yeah so that's kind of all we got for today um if you want to hear about uh Frank getting arrested for murder, shoot me a message, and uh, I'll have to show them all of the uh, the ones we've got here, and we'll do something uh, special for you guys. I've been trying to get that recorded, but... You may have to consider doing a best of yeah. the garbage man. No, I'm, I'm definitely working on it, so if you guys want to hear that, let me know, um, but that's all we got for tonight, so thanks everybody for listening. See ya. Yep. Bye.